Whoa, g'day mates. WWE Hall of Famer here, Bushwhacker Luke. And I'm on WPOV Quarantine. So you better be listening. See ya. Whoa. Hey folks, welcome to another edition of WPOV Quarantine. I'm your host, the legend T. James Logan, and with me, my goodness, this is like a full house of people, and every one of these guys know about tag teams. We got a, we got a bunch of them. Let's start, I'm going to go around my circle here, and it's probably a different circle than you guys are seeing on your monitors, but first of all, I want to welcome uh, Otto Gentile. Welcome to the uh, show. How you doing, good brother? You good, to, uh, well, good to be here. Thank you for the invite. Oh, not a problem. And welcoming for the first time, Bruce Hart. Welcome, Bruce. I get Bruce. I, I know your Bruce, what your sound was that? down. Where'd he go? He's Uh-oh. there, but uh, yeah, maybe he froze up. He froze oh, up. oh, there we go. There you go. Okay, he's at the bottom. We just got to get him done and do his mic. Oh, again. there we are. Yeah, his mic is off. Yeah, it's okay. How you doing, bro? Dirty Dick Durango. How are you, my friend? Looking good, brother. Looking good, man. It's been a while. Well, Dirty Duke Durango, welcome back to the show. It's good to see you again. Thank you. Good to be here. Chief Atacula Kula, good to see you. Good to be back. Uh, Matt Sigmund, first time on the show. Welcome aboard. Thanks for having me, guys. Raven Lake, always uh, there to lighten up the testosterone in the room, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I do my best. <laughs> AJ Sanchez, looking oh. freshly showered. Good to see you, brother. No, just sweating from walking. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> Hashtag cardio. <laughs> I, was and, just, I was just running the ropes, trying to get some cardio in. Excellent. Right on, brother. And um, my current uh, partner, Andy Anderson, welcome back. Always a pleasure. Bruce's and a, Sorry? Yeah. Bruce's mic's muted, unfortunately. I see that. I don't know if we can, I don't know if uh, Elio, Elio, uh, uh Send a message. It always, right. says, it always says ask to me, so I'm just going to send a message. Yeah. Okay. All right. Bruce, if you can hear us, your microphone is muted. If you hit the uh, microphone icon at the bottom of your screen, it will unmute for you. All right, guys. So today's topic is tag team wrestling. And every one of these guys here has been in a tag team, including Raven. They all have tag team experience. And let's talk for a second what tag teaming is all about. Tag teaming is something came up in the the history of wrestling. I mean, you look far enough and it was always single one-on-one guys for a very long time. But then somebody came up with, wouldn't it be a cool idea if two guys worked together as a team? Twice the wrestlers, four times the fun. And you know what? It caught on. And for a long time, tag teaming was the thing. We can search back and we're going to talk about some of the greatest tag teams in the history of wrestling. We're going to talk about those today. We're also going to talk about how, how tag team went from its glory days to a while. For a while, it seemed like tag team wrestling was on the way out. And now, again, it's back in a bit of a resurgence to the AEW. So, first of all, let's talk about uh, tag teams, favorite tag teams. I'm going to go around here and ask each guy to name me two of their favorite tag teams in one. We'll go, like, in two rounds, so we'll just do one at a time. We'll start off with you, Otto. 
favorite tag team of all time. Let's try not to double favorite up on of it. all time. I'd have yeah. to say Legion of Doom. Why Road Warriors? Uh, what was so great about these guys? Oh, the Road Warriors were bigger than life, man. When I first saw them, uh, just watching them make their entrance was worth the uh, just the ticket price. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Just two big guys. They were crash mouth, uh, bang them up. You know, get them done quick. Most of their matches didn't last more than five minutes back then. That is true. That I enjoyed those. I, I enjoyed them very much. And then, uh, technically sound, obviously uh, the Heart Foundation. Come on now. Okay, excellent, uh, Chief. Um, probably my favorite would be Gina Hernandez and Chris Adams. Okay, <laughs> excellent. What was so great of them for you? Um, well, I, I always liked Gino and Tolly. You know, they originally teamed up, and then when Gino went up to uh, Dallas, he teamed up with with Chris Adams, and I thought that was even a better team. Uh, I don't know, it's just the personalities, the way they worked off each other. It was, it was like one unit, and uh, even their promos, the the banter back and forth. I think they just worked really well together. Okay, uh, do you have a second one you want to throw out there really quick? I've got there's so many in that. Maybe put in second place. Um, probably, definitely the sheep herders when they were the sheep herders, not the bushwhackers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, the sheep herders were a much more violent team, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, and and, uh, and very I, I, I enjoyed watching them. Okay, all right, Dirty Duke Durango. Um, I, this one's easy for me, man. Especially being a Calgary kid, it, it would always be the Bulldogs. Um, ah, yes. You know, followed very <laughs> by the Heart Foundation. Um, you know, just watching, you know, being from Calgary, watching Dynamite and Davey from when they came here, you know, the early 80s to when they became. Um, yeah, for me, there's, they're, they're the best. Okay. All right. And uh, say a secondary team. Um, secondary would be the Heart Foundation. You know what I mean? Like, it's, um, they're a very close one, too, for me, depending on the day. Um, I, I've always kind of loved those guys. You know, just to, to go outside my box, mm-hmm. um, I would have to go like I, you know, kind of, kind of cheese. But I used to love shit like the Can Am Connection. Oh yeah, like, I used to like that. <laughs> kind of um, you know, so uh, I mean, I think Can Am Connection, Zinc and um, Martel. There, I think they just had you know great bodies, great builds. They worked well together. It was just too bad they didn't last a little longer. You know, mm-hmm. wasn't there a few different Can Am Connections? Who knows over the years, there's probably been about I, I remember in WWE, there was uh, Doug Furness and Phil LaFon. Yes. Yeah, they were called yeah. the Can-Am Connection there, too. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. But the, I guess the originals would be Martell and Zinc, though, when they yeah. were the first kind of team to really to really promote that uh, team. Okay. Uh, moving over to Bruce Hart. Bruce Hart, any infinity for teams that you really enjoyed over the years? Um, there's a lot, you know, I, I go back way back to the like the fifties, which was sort of the heyday of some of those classic tag teams like the Scott brothers, the Miller brothers, the, uh, the Grahams. And then, uh, the Funks was another awesome mm-hmm. tag team, Dorian Terry back in the day. I had the pleasure of hooking up with them and then. I saw some of those others, like the Nielsen brothers, uh, Art Nelson and Stan Halleck, but they were called the Nielsens. And then um, I actually put together a few tag teams in Calgary here that went on to become iconic, like Davy Boy and Dynamite. And mm-hmm. I was part of a pretty high-tempo tag team myself with uh, Flying Brian Pillman. 
um, Heart Foundation. I, I pioneered Jim Neidhart and Brett got them and they, they kind of evolved into the Heart Foundation and had a pretty good run in WWE with, ironically, uh, Davey Boy and Dynamite. And, mm-hmm. um, we had another really good heel tag team in here back in the um, late 70s, early 80s. Uh, at that time, they were called the Kiwis. They were a really good heel tag team. And I always thought that they were wasted or not used the right way when they were turned into clowns in WWE as the Bushwhackers, <laughs> you know, was, you know, kind of a waste, waste of their talent, you know, because they were a great t- heel tag team, like pretty hot, serious um, workers, you know. And, yeah. Um, I, I liked some of those more uh, recent teams like Hawk and Animal were pretty good, you know. Uh, uh, Bill Eady and uh, uh, whoever he had a couple of different tag team partners, you know, uh, Barry Darso and the, you know, the... Oh yeah, Axe and Smash, uh, uh, yeah. or whatever Demolition, they were yeah. called, you know. And um, even some of the Samoan tag teams, we we started another big pair of big stiff bastards, but they weren't bad guys. Afa and Sika, they started in Calgary back in the early seventies and um, went on to become uh, the Wild Samoans and had a pretty good run down WWE and. Um, even some of the black tag teams that were pretty predominant back in the day. I remember Luther Lindsay and uh, Don Kendra, the Harlem Cat. And, um, and there was a few good so-called native tag teams. We had a few of them up here that seemed to get over pretty good. And um, It seems for whatever reason, the tag teams have uh, lost something in the last few years i don't know whether vince has decided to um not push them as much or whatever but they seem a lot like uh the whole state of the tag teams is not nearly what it was back in the day it used to be a pretty uh it's right up there with the singles you know you had guys like hawk and animal and uh you know midnight express and all these mm-hmm. others even uh w CW and some of that had some pretty hot teams like Bobby mm-hmm. Eaton and Dennis Condry yeah. and some of them. But, um, for whatever reason, I, 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 I'm trying to think of uh, I, even some of the teams that have been pushed in recent years seem like they're kind of stuck in neutral right now, like even Biggie and uh, Kofi and that kind of thing. Yeah, the New know. Day, yeah. Yeah. It really yeah. does seem there's been a de-emphasis on tag teams. Luke Gallows yeah. and uh, Carl Anderson. I oh, at least in, 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 in WWE, like, anyway. I'm Are not sure if they're around anymore, but mm-hmm. I can't even think of a really predominant tag team right now in the uh, WWE, or um, I can't think of too much in AEW either. So, yeah. All right. Teams like the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Trust that were regular teams, like now they just take. It seems like wrestlers and their 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 singles pushes over, and then they just throw them together as a team, and they don't play work as they're just like two singles guys and they're together tagging, you know. Yeah, random random people. I see a lot of these guys today; they're not even wearing the same outfits, or you know, like back in the day, you had you know guys wearing the same outfits and you know. Everything was kind of uh, 
team oriented nowadays you know got one guy wearing black trunks another guy wearing red and you know no no synergy or nothing much in common so i'm not sure what what to attribute that to you know what we will definitely uh, after we go over these tag things well let's talk a bit about uh, some of the the evolution of what tag team wrestling was and, and it's become uh aj uh threw out to me uh, a couple teams that you really loved over the last couple of years or yeah, I'm going to try and uh, try and steer it in a different direction here. So I like okay. I, I grew up with the Attitude Era WWF. So uh, mm-hmm. um, for me, uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the New Age Outlaws, uh, Road Dog, Billy Gunn, mm-hmm. um, just because they were cool. The X was hot at the time, mm-hmm. uh, and then probably the Outsiders, uh, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash. Again, just two hot teams at the time. You know when. Wrestling was, you know, at its peak uh, and probably when I was watching or really started uh, becoming a fan. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, I'll give an honorable mention to uh, High Voltage in WCW. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody had to. <laughs> All right, uh, Matt, uh, let's talk a bit about some of the favorite tag teams you've had in your history. Yeah, man, it's 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 tied for me because, uh, you know, I grew up here in Tennessee and I'm around the, the mid-Atlantic area, so a lot of the Carolinas, so if I don't say Rock and Roll Express and Midnight Express, oh. I, I, you know, I'll be blackballed yeah. from wrestling. So that, <laughs> when I first got, um, first started watching, it was it was Rock and Roll and Midnight, and then you know it, it transitioned a little bit into um, like the Heavenly Bodies and stuff like that. But they they were the ones who really hooked me into pro wrestling. And here, you know, in this area, at least when the territories were a thing. Um, the ticket, the card, man, it was harder to top, uh, you know, Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express. A lot of the time at the arena, you know, that would be top billing, uh, even over, you know, uh, Flair and whatnot. So um, that's what hooked me in originally. And, and then I've been lucky enough to kind of travel with them, too. So I'm, I play favoritism a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Raven, some of your favorite tag teams. Oh, wow. My all-time favorite uh, was the Rock and Roll Express. Um, I loved them right from the beginning. When I first started watching wrestling, it was like mid-80s, you know, so Rock and Roll Express was like my huge thing. And I loved their feuds with the Midnight Express and um, that whole era of time. And then the other one I would have to say um, would be the Glamour Girls with Leilani Kai and Judy Martin. All righty. Andy. All right. I'm going to try and throw a couple other teams that haven't been mentioned just yeah. because, you know, most ones that have been mentioned already. Um, don't steal actually, mine. <laughs> don't steal okay. Don't worry. I won't take Greg Gagne and Jim Brunzel. You can still have them. <gasps> the high flyers? <laughs> no, <laughs> you can have the high flyers. <laughs> uh, there's been a lot of great teams that have been mentioned. And, and for me coming up, like that's, there's a lot there that, uh, mm-hmm. that I would, you know, go with as well. Uh, Edge and Christian. Uh, mm-hmm. Not having those guys, I think, you know, especially in the last 20, 25 years, uh, probably one of the top teams. Uh, you know, we've talked about the rock and rolls and the midnights. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tolly and Arn. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was always a favorite just because they were two no-nonsense, heat-seeking, heat-getting sons of guns that didn't, you know, like, they didn't have the big builds. But I guess mm-hmm. in a sense, they almost kind of had the traditional wrestler look. And I think that's what I what I liked about them. And, and you're not uh, swayed by the Anderson thing, right? Not at all. Okay. Not at all. No, 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 no family thing there whatsoever. Uh, and the other one I'll throw in that uh, hasn't been mentioned are the fabulous Freebirds. Oh, okay, okay, all right. 
Uh, Elio, do you have any two teams you want to throw in? We're going to make you talk for a few seconds. You got ten words. So make <laughs> ten words. They've already, they've already been named. I've got, uh, <laughs> I've got the Bulldogs, the Road Warriors, Midnight mm-hmm. Express, Tully and Blanchard and Anderson. Okay, okay. I think All right. I'll throw the Fantastics on here. Uh, yes. Spot okay. Two, uh, that would be a disgrace. There's so there's so many though. There's like, so the many. Eric, yeah. Yeah. If we're talking the top tops, okay, we're talking the top tops, right? And that's what we got everyone to throw out. So I noticed everyone, you know, I had mine going in, and just about all of you has picked all the ones that I want. But there are a couple teams that you guys didn't pick that I think might be overlooked a little bit. If I wanted to go AWA, I wouldn't say the high flyers were my thing. But uh, what about Kurt Henning and Scott Hall? They were a great tag team for a while. Um, If I had to go Stampede Days, Vietcom Express. Man, those dudes. They were nice. Yeah, they're a team that hadn't get a lot of uh, play these days. And if I had to go newer teams, uh, Motor City Machine Guns. They were, uh, for a while, they were a team that really, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago, they were a team that I thought was uh, bringing the cusp back up for tag teams, you know. Uh, today, AAW does have a lot of tag teams, probably too many tag teams, some would say. Yeah. Uh, but they have a few interesting tag teams in there. And uh, we're going to get into that, though, today. Now, you know what? Here's a good thing. You know, Bruce was mentioning there was a time that tag teams uh, were the top of the card. They were an attraction. A tag team could bring in people. People wanted to see certain teams during the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Tag teams were a big thing. I can remember turning on WWE and seeing tag teams that had their own stories, graphics, pets. Hell, they had everything. I mean, they even had pets. They brought pets (laughs) to the ring for Pete's sake. But you know what? It seems like in the last... 15, 20 years, Vince has really de-emphasized tag team wrestling. For every tag team that comes around, there are 10 teams that are basically just two guys thrown together. There are singles guys who at the moment aren't hot, so they put them together. They keep them as a team till they eventually... And and is that the same thing these days? It seems like tag teams were guys who were a team. They went together, they did everything together. They went from different territories, different parts of the country, different places, and they were a name. Now it seems like tag team wrestling is basically, let's get two guys together, get them together long enough so that one will turn on the other, and that'll be our one-week main event till everyone forgets the two guys who were the team that turned on each other. Where did this all change? Any guy, Anyone have any thoughts or feelings of why tag teams for a long time just kind of fell the wayside? Anyone? Uh... I, I think it just comes down to booking. Um, okay. When you start, I think I place a lot of emphasis, right or wrong, on the advent of using television writers. Um, so they see a character, they write for a character. Um, it's really hard to write for characters and for, for a tag team to look at two guys, build on their strengths, you know, bury their weaknesses. Um, where when, when you've got a little bit of creative freedom as a tag team to kind of do what you want to do, you, you, can, you can make a lot more out of it. And I think that, um, you know, any, any division, whether it be tag team, ladies, you know, um, little people, whatever you want to call it, um, it's, it's as important as you book it. You know what I mean? And I, mm-hmm. I think that, like you say, I don't know if it's merch sales, but it just seems like they're, they're not booking the tag teams. They're, they're booking them simply to split them up and create singles angles. And it's, but I think some of that too, um, 
and I don't want this to come out negative or well, it's just not negative no matter what, but it comes down to somewhat the, the selfish nature of the business where the real money is being the main event guy at WrestleMania, not, you know, the, the third match at WrestleMania. And, and I think that's the reality of it too is back in the day, guys tagged together because they wanted to tag together and they stayed together and they didn't turn on each other unless there was some real money to be made with it. Or nowadays, you know, guys are together long enough to finish a cup of coffee and they're working each other at the next pay-per-view, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot like you said. I mean, it falls a lot on the boys. Um, so many guys aren't willing to fight to stay in that spot. And, like, even if they're thrown together tag team, if they produce some good quality over time, they don't fight to stay in that role. You know, there's only a few teams that do. New Day's one of them. Uh, you know, FTR, they, they left WWE and because they wanted to stick to their own guns. Um, and, and it's the guys that uh, are willing to actually fight for that spot and fight to remain a team, you know, are the ones that are standing around today. I, I mean, I've been tagging uh, with my partner now eight years because you know, we refuse to, to split just because that's where the money's been at for us. So, um it falls on the boys too, as much as the the riders. The riders kind of want to do so much, and if <laughs> the boys go, well, okay, yeah, we'll split whatever. Then, then that's just what's going to happen. Everybody's scared and walking on eggshells. Okay, uh, I want to throw I want to throw this question out to Bruce here. Uh, Bruce, now you spent many years putting tag teams together, and. Uh, you know, starting runs of tag teams. Was that ever like the bottom line for you? Was it like, okay, eventually we'll split them up? Or was it more of an emphasis on building teams that would endure? Um, initially, I, uh, I had the Bulldogs in Calgary. Uh, for a long time, they were arch enemies. Davy and Dynamite were, Dynamite was the, one of the hottest heels and Davy Boy was always a face. And... Um, when they finally went to the WWE, we'd finally put them together, I think, because we knew they were heading to WWE, so we wanted to kind of, you know, work on that. And Vince, when he brought them in, they were both faces. Dynamite had been predominantly a heel in Calgary, and they were uh, an awesome tag team when they got to WWE, but... The really sad part, though, was Dynamite was uh, nowhere near the physical shape that he had been. He had broken his back, and he was, uh, I think they were both, you know, maybe anabolically enhanced as well at that time, which, uh, you know, made them a lot slower and nowhere near as dynamic as they had been. But nonetheless, they still got over pretty good, and it was a good bonus for Brett and Jim. They they went in there and... Um, Initially, they were kind of playing second fiddle to uh, Dynamite and Davy, and then Dynamite's back went out and proved to be in its own way a benefit to Brent and Jim because they uh, they got the belts put on them and they were kind of pushed because the Bulldogs pretty much were physically unable to perform, and Dynamite never really kind of uh, did anything after that. Davy pretty much became a singles guy type thing, but... Uh, they, those were some incredible teams, though Brett and Jim and um, uh, I always thought Owen and Benoit could have done some business down there. I had tagged them a lot in Calgary and WWE didn't really do too much with them. And 
in my estimation, they kind of wasted Owen for most of the time he was there, and then they were starting to finally uh, give him the push that he deserved when he unfortunately got, you know, got killed, you know. But um, I don't know what the uh, rationale is right now with the WWE and so far as the tag team division is. It seems like they've uh, completely kind of... Uh, downgraded it to the point where it's you know kind of semi-meaningless right now which is too bad because uh you know tag team is an incredible uh if you got some guys who can work you know it it's, could be a really exciting dynamic you know addition and wwe and i'm not sure so much i haven't watched enough of aew but it doesn't seem like either one of them are really uh hitting home runs right now you know they got the corona and some of those other mm -hmm. things as excuses but um things are not really uh i don't, I don't know they're hitting the bullseye in too many aspects right now which is unfortunate okay well when you're letting anderson and gallows go you know that your focus is definitely not on tag teams like, that's right yeah no highest degree all right oh, well, and they know, brought they brought Sorry. the Hardys back just to split them up. Like, you know, yeah. what the exactly. hell for, right? Yeah. Let's throw out this question over to, to Duke. Duke, you've been in a lot of tag teams yourself. Um, what is what is it you're feeling? Like, why do you enjoy tag team wrestling so much? Mostly because I'm lazy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you're an energy conservationist, Duke. Yeah. Energy conservationist. Yeah, uh, yeah no. Um, here's the thing. I've always, excuse me, I've always liked what tag teams brought because even as, you know, a lot of, one of the downsides to when you're watching 300-pound guys work um, is the work get, can tend to get a little bit slow sometimes, right? When you, you know, when you go from, from the 220-pounders, 230 guys up to those big, the, the elephants, right? Um, so you put a couple of those guys in a tag team and all of a sudden they're tagging in and out of the ring constantly. They don't blow up. They don't get tired. So the constant action, the constant stuff that you can do, um, I, th I think just brings, you know, a fluidity to a match that you can't necessarily get in a singles match. Um, I think it's fun to tell a story. In a, you know, I wrestle a lot of singles. Uh -huh. story. But I think in, in a tag team match, there's just so much more creativity that you can pull. Oh, you know, when you have four guys that are all willing to work together and willing to get the other guy over um, it becomes really, really fun, especially when you have, you know, I was fortunate to get to work with a lot of studs too, right? Um, so that always made it fun where it's like, okay, why only work one of these really good guys when we could work two of these really good guys? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, AJ, you've been involved in tag team wrestling and in singles. And your career almost, you know, from what I've seen, it could almost be divided in half sometimes. You've done just as much of either. either. What's your preference and why – why do you do tag teaming so much? Uh, you know what? For me, at the time, it was when I started teaming with um, uh, Chevy as the Big Sexy Beast. This was 2004 is when we started doing that. Um, it was a case of he was the uh, – I don't want to say hot young rookie on the scene because he wasn't very good back then, but he was – he wasn't properly trained, but he was, he was super athletic um, and able to do things that I wanted to push myself to do, so – uh, when he came onto the scene, I was I was like, man, I got to work with this guy. And after working some matches, realized, wow, we're very similar. Uh, literally, we're a year apart. Our birthdays are one day apart. You know, 
we both enjoy drinking. We both enjoy a lot of the same things. And uh, I said, man, I think, I think, and our, on our sense of humor was the same too. So I, I, I thought to myself, like, if, if we're good against each other, I imagine we could do a whole lot of good together. Uh, so this was, the, and it was the opportunity to bounce uh, ideas off someone, uh, a different dynamic of match, uh, you know, so that's, uh, you know, that's kind of why in 2004 we started teaming and, and have been teaming pretty much on, you know, and we had a good long run and then we've been split up a couple of times and put back together constantly. Um, because again, say like any, anytime we're together, we're generally producing some entertaining content or, or stuff like that. Cause we, you know, we're on the same wavelength. Uh, and, and to, to what you guys spoke about earlier, uh, there's no one that's selfish on the team. You know what I mean? We both know what our role is and uh, you know, we're both aware. No, no one guy's trying to outshine the other uh, or anything like that. We're both, uh, we're both on the same wavelength uh, when it comes to, to being in a tag team. And uh, we're both, you know, uh, able to be a little self-deprecating. Uh, and I think that goes a long way. Okay. Excellent. You know what? I'm just going to say two quick things about you. First of all, first, the first time I saw you wrestle was with your partner at the time with the big sexy beasts. And I remember sitting in the audience and out come these two 300 pound dudes. And my first thought is, man, this is going to really slow down now. I wonder if I should go to the bathroom. Then these guys start doing like backflips off the top rope, all these things. These are 300 pound dudes. And, He's got uh, one stick moonsault, man. <laughs> Let me tell you that. <laughs> and uh, I was a bit blown away. And second of all, kids, when he said they like drinking, they meant Gatorade. All right, Max. Yes. <laughs> Sugar free. Sugar free. Yes. That's the old two. G2, G2. Uh, Matt, um, one of the biggest things I've noticed about tag teams is it tends to be uh, a setup guy and a finish guy. Um, with those kind of roles, do you guys share that kind of thing, or do you? Because it almost seems like sometimes the guy who does all the the finish moves is the more exciting, perceived by the fans. Is there any kind of, I don't know, is there any kind of tension with that in your team? Oh, when I, I wouldn't hurts? say so. And you know, if okay. everything's situational based, mm-hmm. um, you know, every every night is a little bit different. But we a good tag team. You always got a good kind of formula that you can kind of apply to each situation. Um, and depending on who you're working with, too, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times, like you said, guys are matched together now. So you'll be making a town, and a lot of time we'll get thrown in the ring with, you know, random dude one, random dude two who aren't really used to tag wrestling or, or just not on the same page. And um, so you got to deal with uh, all the problems that that can bring on, too. Uh, but in general, like just being a Finnish guy and stuff like that, it, it depends on the night it just kind of depends on who you're working with and, and what's needed what's required and uh what's going to uh make the most money <laughs> now so would you then say that uh, a longer more successful team is the team that kind of splits that duties or is it just easy to fall into that role of okay the bigger guy does this the smaller guy does that yeah you definitely want to, to play to your strengths and be as psychologically sound as you can be so you know the big guy's going to be doing the majority of the damage so when i'm taking uh tagging with elliot um i'm smaller dude i'm five foot nine uh elliot is six foot two whatever he is and so you know most of uh the baby faces are going to be working me down and elliot's going to be the one shutting them down and uh, you know i'll take the opportunity to do what we need to do at the right place right time but it's like AJ was saying, uh, you know, not being selfish and um, just kind of playing to each other's strengths. 
the, the basis of a good tag team is being able to work together and not just trying to get yourself over. Uh, you got to be able to work uh, as a team. It's, it's a literal uh, thing if you want to actually draw money and uh, produce good business. So, Okay. Uh, Otto, I want to yes, ask sir. you, but your, your, your time uh, teaming with guys, right? Um, I think I've only ever been in actually two tag teams in my whole entire career. Oh, wow. Uh, one was tagged with Keith Hart, bro, uh, Bruce's brother, Keith Hart. Mm-hmm. And the other one was uh, a, a buddy of mine from the Maritimes, bad boy, Gary Williams. So oh, I've ever nice. just been in two, two tag teams at all. That's two matches or two teams? Yeah, just two teams, yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, and I, I was lucky enough to tag with Keith when we did a Legends tour and we had Cuban and Gamma as the heels. And we were face. <laughs> We were facing them every night, man. Yeah. That was the best time. I, I learned so much from those veterans, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Chief, I know you're predominantly a singles guy, but you've got to have a bit of experience tagging with you. Uh, how do you feel about tagging wrestling yourself when, when you have to do it? Is it something you enjoy, or is it something like you're thrown in that situation? Or I've been in several tag teams, actually, over the you know, 30, what, almost 35 years I've been doing this. But... um. The, the World Powers Tag Team I've done with Debashi off and on for the last seven years has been traveled mm-hmm. around quite a bit. And actually, getting older, <laughs> I actually st- I'm starting to prefer being in a tag team. Um, you know, because it's half the work and you're still getting the same pay. So, <laughs> <laughs> body is here on my body at this point. But smart, yeah, smart I, I business. Smart it. business. Yep, I, I enjoy tag team wrestling. Okay. It, it, and it, a lot of times it depends on the partner. I, I haven't really, I mean, we've all been just thrown in there with guys over the years. Oh, yeah. and I, I don't usually prefer that, but yeah, there, I've, been, I've been in probably five or six, you know, dedicated teams. Over my entire career. And, uh, and I enjoy that. And it's always good, you know, if you have somebody that you, that you get along with, like AJ said, you can travel with, you, you have the same sense of humor. Uh, so like, I, I, I was going to add, earlier too that i i think tag team wrestling has kind of died a slow death and i think it started with the death of the territories because back then you had all these teams but after a year or 18 months you know people see the same team over and over you can move to another territory keep it fresh come back around a couple years later you know and it's fresh again uh, you can move around to the territories i think now it's hard even somebody like New Day in WWE after they've been around four or five years it's kind of the same act you know and people kind of get used to it and it's not special anymore. So okay. I think that's part of the problem with tag teams in, in this era. Okay. You know, just the direction the businesses went with a couple. It still can be good on the indies, but on the on the big companies, it's just like anything else. I think that's what's hurt wrestling overall because back in the day when you had territories like Memphis, you know, they bring in a heel, he'd go he'd go after Lawler, they'd build something for six months to a year. And he'd get through that feud. They he'd leave. They'd bring another heel in, you know. So it kept it fresh all the time. Now, when you're signing guys to contracts and you have the same guys for five years, it's, it's kind of hard to have fresh matchups. You know? mm. Okay. Now, uh, Raven, when I uh, told you that we uh, we were sitting around uh, probably a month or two ago talking about what kind of topics should we uh, play, and you brought up tag teams again. You said you really much wanted to talk tag teams. What what got you so excited about tag talking about tag teams? I love tag team wrestling. Um, unfortunately, most of my career was doing singles, but when I started watching wrestling, it was in the era of the Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express, Fabulous Freebirds, the 
fantastic the killer bees like tag team wrestling was so huge back then and to watch a tag match compared to a singles match you can tell so much more of a story you know no matter which way you're going on it. and the tag team matches they did so many different things you know going from the scaffolding matches that happened at starcades you know to just there's just so many ways that you can go with it and i just love the story of tag team wrestling okay andy yes sir tag team wrestling how are your feelings on it? Well, I don't know if I'm going to say anything that hasn't already kind of been said, because to me, uh, some of the, the main points, actually one of the biggest points that I had that I was going to bring up was what Chief said. And I agree with him as far as the territories uh, kind of being the, the beginning of the, the end for, for tag teams because of the fact that you could keep guys fresh. You know, they could, they could run in Calgary for a year. They could go to Memphis. They could go to Florida. They could go to, to Texas. And, and you could stay a tag team and, and always stay fresh where, you know, in today's society where the attention span is so short, uh, you know, there, there's very few, it seems, that can – uh, maintain being a tag team because either, you know, the people get tired of it or the promoters get tired of it or, or whatever. I mean, you kind of look, I mean, if you think of guys that can, you know, have been able to stay relevant or reinvent themselves, uh, you know, you look at Undertaker, you look at Jericho, you look at the New Day, uh, that longevity is there, but they really have to work at kind of changing things, not too much, mm-hmm. but, you know, changing things to, to kind of, stay with the times whereas with with tag teams uh you know matt says it's on the guys and i agree to an extent but at the end of the day if you know if if you're not going to get promoted if it's not gonna you know if that's not what the business is getting pushed towards i think you're kind of sol so it's it which is which is too bad because uh to me as much as you know a singles match you can have two guys tell a story can tell a great story uh it's you know you put four guys in there and all of a sudden the the layers and the direction of the storytelling multiplies mm-hmm. you know I, I was thinking as as you know as you guys were talking it's kind of like if you go to a theater and you see a one-man show it's okay that's cool you can tell a story but you can only tell so much but when you can add a few more characters to your story all of a sudden you know your your options are almost limitless mm-hmm. yeah and i think if it could be treated a little you know, treated. I don't want to say if it's treated a little bit better, but um, maybe some renewed emphasis on, on tag teams. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if you could bring it back to the same level that it was once at, but uh, you well, know, AEW is trying to do that. I guess you could say they they are, and that's and this is one comment I wasn't sure if it was going to get brought up or not because I think it's it's an interesting topic in itself. Where somewhere uh, in the last little while, I think they said like. Meltzer said that right now, like this is like the AEW has like the, the greatest array of tag teams, like in the last 50 or 60 years. And then I heard that. That's I'm like, much. yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, you, you might have a couple of like solid tag teams, yeah, but yeah. you know, you, you talk, you know, you talk about NWA, you talk mid Atlantic and, mm-hmm. you know, rock and rolls, the midnights, the warriors, the Russians, the fantastics, the free birds. I'm sorry. Like, you know, maybe, maybe he I'm, was maybe he was drunk on the day he said that. <laughs> maybe, but uh, <laughs> uh, the Crockett area, you know, was was predominantly a tag team territory in the seventies. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and you know, tag teams can be a main event. If you look at the heyday of, of the Dallas promotion, 
it was tag team wrestling. It was the Freebirds versus the Von Erics. That's yeah. what that's what made that huge. That's that that's what made that you know a, a top area for three years. You know. Yeah. Okay. Think one of the problems these days as well as a lot of the tag teams don't understand how to do tag teams. Yeah. There used to be a you know uh, some of the matches in WWE. They're way too short. A decent tag match needs 20, 30 minutes. You know, if, if you have four good guys in a tag and you're having them go five minutes, you know, it's like bad sex or something like that, you know, <laughs> premature <laughs> orgasm. You know, like you know, it uh, misses the point. You know, the best tag teams I ever recall were these matches that, you know, you'd have the – the faces get over a bit and the heels would get their heat and then the big hot tag. And, you know, it was a slow buildup. And by the time that hot tag came around, you know, you'd have gone 20, 30, 40 minutes and you had the crowd on the edge of their seats and they're screaming for blood and all that other. And I can't recall the last time I've seen a tag team that had, uh, you know, decent ring psychology to it. You know, it seems to be little or no synergy, uh, no method to the madness. It's just kind of uh, a far cry. I remember back in my day, the old veterans, you know, you'd be working with them and they were explicit and, you know, very uh, meticulous about every little aspect of the ring psychology and the hot tag and the cell and all that stuff. And uh, I think they need to revisit that kind of thing if they're going to, um, you know, enjoy success. And tag teams can be an incredibly hot component, you know, and as you guys have all seen with guys like the Midnight Express and Hawk and Animal and, uh, you know, some of these uh, classic tag teams over the years, you know, they're a goldmine if you market them and program them the right way. Kind of like what Bruce was saying, unfortunately, most guys in wrestling today, forget even tag team wrestling, most guys can't comprehend going out there and working a 30-minute match because they don't know how. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I mean, it's a select few guys now that could actually go out there and produce a 30-minute match without some moment where they just stare at each other like a deer in headlights. (laughs) (laughs) And it's well, hard, and it's 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 why you get just kind of the the quality now. I agree with Bruce. I, I love the days of when you know most of the tag team matches on the card were two out of three falls, and you yeah. have 30, 45 minutes of good tag team wrestling, and they had the people. I mean, everybody was on their feet in good tag team wrestling. Yeah. It was able to draw a lot of people in, and today guys don't understand how to do that. It's mm-hmm. very very select a few guys that that can actually go out there and do something uh, of that caliber and um, it, it's very rare but it's just it, like I said forget tag team wrestling it's just the majority of guys today don't know how to work <laughs> what it is. What, if I could throw in one little side point to that kind of what Bass talking mm-hmm. about there one thing that I that I've kind of noticed over the over the past several years and obviously you know depending the, or the nature of the business goes going forward with live shows, at least, you know, looking at like WWE and AEW and stuff uh, on a lot of the, I remember like going to some of the WWE house shows, the guys were allowed to put in time. So those tag team matches, you'd get to see them put in 20, 25 minutes. 
and they would have the crowd and they, like everything that we're talking about they would have it i think one of the biggest problems is that most of the people you know when, when guys are watching matches they're just watching what's on tv and they're getting what yeah. matt's talking about they're getting what bruce is talking about it's like okay you know you guys have 10 minutes and then oh you're at the curtain okay now you guys have eight minutes and it's boom 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 it, it, yeah it's because of tv you're right yeah yeah you know if, if yeah. you could if you if you kind of get away from that but that's the but TV that's executives that want that entertainment dollar well yeah because if something slows down if you start to grab a hold and you're telling too slow of a story people are going to change the channel that's yeah, true exactly i, I think i think that, one sorry go ahead that happens in the indies as well i look at um when we were breaking in and bruce would tell us, you know, two guys, you know, all of all of two matches under our belts, go oh, 25 minutes. And we'd call 25 minutes worth of shit. And after the first five minutes, we'd done everything we called. And <laughs> um, had to figure out how to work. And then and it went the same as tag team. When we worked our way up to main events, he'd tell us, you have to just put in some time. Just have some fun out there. And I don't think young guys get that opportunity now. You know what I mean? You're breaking in. You get a seven-minute match. You get an eight-minute match. You know, you start working tag and you're getting 13 to 15 minute matches. So I think some of that too comes down to um, the promoters needing to invest in letting these young guys eat shit in a ring for half an hour and be able to figure it out. Because that's True. the only thing you can do. Another thing I've noticed too, and, and Bruce brought this up, uh, I miss this about teams is in the day you would look at a team and you knew they were a team. They dressed maybe not exactly right. alike, but they had aspects of something. I mean, the Midnight Express, you know, one guy wore long tights, the other one wore trunks, but they were the same color and the same designs. And all those guys, you could tell in a walk into a room of back then with any bunch of tag teams, you knew who each tag team who was. Who the tag teams were exactly. Yeah. That's the one thing that seems totally missing these days. Not guys don't even dress vaguely alike. Um, and it makes me wonder, you know, we've been talking about this and it seems like, you know, sometimes wrestling mirrors society, you know, uh, there was a time when it was cool to invest in tag teams because that idea of like, oh, they're my team. Right. Yeah. But it's, it seems these days we're stuck in this. It's all about me. So yeah. the fantasy of being wrestling is to be the one single star. I mean, I'm pretty sure every big time wrestling fan has that fantasy. It's them doing the wrestling. And it's hard to imagine that as a team. Instead, they don't want to share that glory in your own things. You want to, everything is directed to being the single guy. And then, which is sad, though, because as I've grown up, there's just been so, such fun with teams. I mean, oh, like oh. I said. Like Is said, it the watching... fans that are wrecking our sport? Then is that what you're saying? They don't want to see the no. I think it's. I think it's promoters have conditioned the fans to be faster. I, I think the fans would still. Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, I would agree That's with why, that. Yeah, we got to get back to that old school mentality and slow it down and, and and make the shows enjoyable. And tag team wrestling is very enjoyable if you can if you have that time to tell that story and bruce said it you need 25 to 30 to to 40 minutes to tell that story with a tag team yeah mm-hmm. you've got four guys in there telling a story so each person has got to get their part in fair enough fair enough now i've noticed that over the years some of the most successful and some of the most popular enduring teams have been teams that were actual brothers let's yes. talk a little bit about uh the synergy between brothers and I, well, obviously, I, I don't think anyone except Bruce here has a brother, maybe that that he's wrestled with. But uh, what? Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's 
let's talk about that for a sec. Why do brother tag teams work on a different level? And because they know each other. Because they know each other. Okay. And they they know what each other is going to do. They, Go ahead, Bruce. Sorry. Well, common denomination. You know, I like I tag team with my brother Owen and had pretty good success. And I tagged with Brett back in the day. So mm-hmm. you sort of know each other. And the fans tend to, uh, you know, get behind you. They know, you know, and I think that's been the case with maybe the Von Erickson. I remember back in the day, the Scott brothers, the Nielsen brothers, even the Funk brothers some of these tag teams that weren't even brothers, but the fans thought they were, and they they gave them the benefit of the doubt, like the Nielsen brothers and the, the Graham brothers, Luke, Crazy Luke and Dr. Jerry and Eddie Graham and that kind of thing. But I think you have better synergy. You know, I, I had that conversation with Dory and Terry Funk, and, and they told me the same. And I remember talking back in the day with uh, Kevin Von Erich and Terry Von Erich and, you seem to have a little bit more rapport. You know, you grew up with each other. You maybe grew up in the business like the Funks did or the Hearts did or the Von Erichs. And it seems to enable you to uh, kind of uh, grasp some of the things a little bit better than just two guys that are randomly thrown together, that kind of thing. But um, those are all things that seem to have been lost in the shuffle though, in the last few years, like we were saying, the, state of tag teams is uh, a far cry from what it used to be, you know, and I'm not sure if it's ever going to come back or if there's any uh, even intentions right now to revive tag teams. It seems like they're kind of uh, not, not really a a main priority by any means in, um, in either AEW or WWE. So, and there are still some great teams in WWE. Like, I mean, the Usos are incredible to watch together. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, just wa- watching them and the and the New Day work together is just incredible. I mean, they they go in there and they they give it their all, you know. And you can tell that they're working snug because they're they're laying shit in. So <laughs> that's that's a, well, that's who the kind the, of tag team wrestling that you want to watch. You know what I yeah, mean? Who when are the best teams? In these days? You guys tell me. I. I'm trying to think off the top of my head who are the really uh, ass kicker dynamic tag teams on the scene. A few guys that I thought had the potential to be, and they seem to have, for whatever reason, been downgraded or dropped out or Gallows and Anderson and some of them, they seem to be non-entities nowadays. Or They're they're trying to bring them back in in impact. Yeah. I mean, we got we got Anderson and Gallows there. We got the North. Those are yeah, two very good tag teams. They're not even <laughs> I don't even know where they are these days. Uh, they, they missed the boat. Even AEW did with Cody and Dustin there, and you know it seemed like there was something potentially happening, and then they both they, went their separate ways. Yeah. Okay. Well, can we go one just one pat one point back to yeah. the brother with the brothers, and maybe yes. even just to to families in general, because we talk about you know because if they're their cousins or their brothers, or you know Bruce says you can you know with some in some cases fans think they're related gives them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I I think just kind of having that family connection just automatically gives 
I would say almost automatically gives a team more credibility. Yeah. Because they are family. Because it's like, well, because they're, you know, they're family, they're blood. It's that, yeah. Yeah. That together, blood, together. blood is thicker than water saying, right? Yeah. It does. So, I think it's somewhat, you know, I always say in wrestling personal issues during the money, well, when they're beating up your partner, that's one thing. But when they're beating up your brother, that's yeah. another problem. <laughs> yeah. 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 Too, a more meaning. As I said before, there's a lot of kind of, you seem to have this natural synergy just because you grew up together, you understand each other. And in my case, in the Funk's case, in the Von Erichs, there we grew up in the business. So all that elements of ring psychology and understanding the cell sets up the comeback and all that other, it was sort of second nature to us. So it made it that much easier. You could, you know, it's actually pretty simple, but a lot of these rookies today need a crash course on ring psychology. It's astonishing how few of them have actually had anyone explain to them the cell sets up to come back and simple shit like that, you know. And uh, and now you guys know why he's the head coach at my school. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of schools just train people the basics and how to do the moves, but nobody yeah. on how to put them together. You know, like, well, I'm telling you, yeah, guys, it, it's it's an amazing thing to watch Bruce here at the school because you know I've been in this business for 32 years and I've done every single aspect of it, but. I, I've never learned more just watching Bruce here teaching the students about ring psychology and doing what we do, why we do, when we do. You know what I mean? Like, it's just incredible to watch him. And these kids are – some of them are starting to get it, but some of them you have to beat it into them. You know what I mean? They, like, yeah. the continuous when – you're, when you're training, they say you got to get your reps in. you got to get your reps in. Well, some of these kids need to have it put into them continuously. You know what I mean? But like I said, there's nobody better in this business right now. I mean, he's trained over 50 world champions alone. And just watching him train these kids and teaching them how to how to work the ring is incredible for me. And Otto, I think it would be tough because with so many of these kids nowadays, if they're, you know, if they're growing up or their whole mindset of the business is what they've seen in the past 20 years. Yeah, I mean, everything that we're kind of talking and kind of, I would say, fawning over, but, but, you know, we're harking back to like, you know, mid, mid, early 80s back. But that's what I'm saying. It's the guys that are training these kids nowadays, right? Yeah. We got to get back to that old school training. And and Bruce said it to me. He goes, if you're going to make a school auto, let's make it like the dungeon used to be and train them like it's a dungeon, you know? And, and I'm sure the times have changed. And we have to be politically correct when we're training these guys and what we're saying and how we're saying it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you can still get them back to that old school training where, where you teach them the psychology, teach them to do what we do when we do it, why, and everything else in that ring. And, and these kids that are at our school, there's some that are, are starting to come along. We actually put a couple guys together to try and make tag teams and uh, you know, it's, it's working for us anyway. Okay. You know what? Can I can I I pitch in on the whole like family part of it there and the brothers Mm -hmm. tag teams kind of thing, whatever? Um, I can see uh, what everybody's saying, right? Because they all grew up with it. Like my daughters, they're a tag team. Um, They travel together wrestling, and when they grew up, I guess in the business, watching me do my thing and stuff. I mean, I've got like videos of family dinners where the girls are in the kitchen and 
one's got one in a headlock or somebody's doing something. So I mean, when you grow up and you're watching it, even if they were just a fan, growing up as a kid, you're playing around in the house and you're doing all that stuff. So you've already got that trust with each other and you just know yeah. where you're going with it. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, I've been kind of quiet, sorry, so I'm letting it all out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the psychology stuff that we were talking about and then we were talking about how there's it's um, the industry, unfortunately, has gone so far into singles wrestling and stuff. Um, every, the kids these days are just so into doing their singles and it's all me, me, me. And yep. so they know somewhat of the psychology for a singles match, but the psychology in a tag match is different and they're oh, not yeah. learning this and they're not being taught it from the beginning. So that's why when you're th- just throwing two guys together to form a tag team, it's mm-hmm. it, it either flop or they're going to split them up because they don't have that magic together. Right. And they don't understand the psychology of how to make that magic work. One okay. of the problems with that too. And, and a lot of us, um, we were lucky is, you know, especially this year, but Guys don't have the opportunity, no matter who they're trained by or, or, you know, where they're learning from, they don't have the opportunity like some of us had uh, for like wrestling in front of a live crowd and actually understanding what works, what doesn't. And they're, they're going out there once a month, maybe twice a month. And, you know, when I first broke in, we were doing six nights a week. And, and that is so rare anymore for guys outside of a development to be able to actually have time in front of people and that's where you're going to learn most of your valuable lessons and it is available to guys and i hate that for some of these i think so much potential i think you hit the nail on the head there that's absolute truth there's some good i think one of the things that's missing one of the things that's missing these days, and I used to take it for granted, is we'd be doing 2,000 or more miles every week, and we're spending hours in these fans and buses with these veterans, guys like Leo Burke and Ron Starr and Dory Funk Jr. and Harley Race, and you'd be 10 hours on the way to Saskatchewan or whatever, and these guys would be schooling you, a captive audience, and they weren't spoon feeding you or sugar coating it either. Quite often it was pretty cut to the chase. Like, why the fuck are you doing this instead of that? You know, that kind of stuff, you know, but um, it was, uh, it was a great learning environment. And that that's another part of it. You know, in my day, I, I took looking for granted. We were wrestling six, seven days a week, every week, 52 weeks a year, year in, year out. And, uh, you learned, you know, if you didn't, you were going to maybe get your ass kicked or you're going to get fired or something. So you had to get better. But uh, you kept learning and absorbing and you were working with different guys and trying different situations. And and uh, yeah. that's missing today. You don't, you know, if guys work once a week, if they're lucky these days, usually with not the same guys and there's no continuity, no consistency. Um, and it's, you know, tough for them to uh, really learn ring psychology, which is a, a huge part of it, you know? And uh, I think uh, at some point uh, I've said it for many, many years, but I think WWE or AEW need to be uh 
they need to be embracing and helping working interactively with these uh, indie promotions, developing talent and all this other, not just raiding talent from them or not just, uh, you know, uh, kind of occasionally uh, having something to do with them. There's, there's a ton of really decent indie workers out there and there's not any ostensible connection whatsoever with them and WWE or AEW or anything. And, and, you know, it needs to, um, they need to re sow the seeds at the grassroots level. And I, I don't know if there is any intentions of that or if they see any merit in that, but that's one of the things that's threatening the future of the business is the grassroots are, you know, gone to hell and, um, uh, if the grassroots are kind of, you know, uh, in jeopardy, then the whole business is in jeopardy too. And that's uh, a pretty prevalent problem that needs to be addressed and they can't keep sweeping it under the carpet. All right. Well, I think the WWE, if, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want to come across like I'm a, I'm a diehard watcher of the product anymore. Um, but for me, most of the guys that have been their big stars in the last little while, haven't really come out of their performance center. They've been guys that they have fucked off the indies. Um, so for me, they'd probably almost be better off, you know, not shut down the PC. I don't know if that's the right thing, but invest more money in indies, you know, invest a little money in companies like CWE that, you know, are showing initiative and running, you know, 150 dates a year. Um, so those guys can get that experience. Cause even when you're working, when you're working down there, you're working the same towns in Florida, you know, you're working with the same guys every night. And it's just not the same as when you're getting out there and working the indies with a different guy every night with a different style in front of a different crowd, having to learn what it takes, you know, walking out one night in front of 500 people and trying to get over and then walking out the next night in front of 12 people and trying to get over. Um, exactly. That, I think that's missing. That's a big component of what's missing from wrestling today. Okay. It, it's kind of like the, if everything's cyclic, it's kind of like how, you know, we got, Vince got rid of the territories. And then it's like, okay, well, we're going to build our own system and we're going to get all our wrestlers from there. But now all of a sudden, everybody looks similar. Yeah. Everybody works similar. Everybody talks similar. So it's like, oh, well, how can we fix this? Well, maybe we need to, you know, maybe not necessarily shut down the PC, but we need to start kind of getting the territory so guys can start, you know, we can start getting our little oh, bit of flavors. Variety is the spice of life. That was Amen, one of the beauties. Amen, yep. Back, back in the Back in the 70s, there was dozens of really vibrant, ass-kicking territories that were all different. And that that was one of the beauties of the business, because you'd get a guy that came in from Minneapolis who was different than a guy who came up from Portland, who was different than a guy from Amarillo, and somebody that came up from Carolina, and somebody came in from Montreal or uh, New Brunswick. And they all had different styles. Yeah. Even the uh, I brought in a lot of the English guys like Dynamite and Davey and uh, Steve Wright and some of them, and brought in a few Japanese guys. And they all had uh, different styles. But you know, you meshed all those different styles, and and you had a hybrid. Nowadays, it's all stagnant. Even even if uh, those guys down in uh, NXT, whatever the best trained, whatever the hell. You know, they're still not getting any of that experience that they needed to. Back in the day, Vern Gagne would call my dad up and say, I've got a, a guy that I want you to take a look at. Can you break him in for me? And, 
you know, Terry Funk would call me up or my dad would call um, Mike LaBelle or he'd call, uh, you know, whoever was down in New Brunswick, uh, Leo Burke, and say, can you break this guy in? And, and the business was like that. And that was one of the things that made it as great as it was. And that's one of the worst things that Vince has done for the business is ultimately maybe the biggest threat to the survival of WWE too was destroying the grassroots and all those territories. Well, back in the day, the promoters used to work together. You know, okay. Yeah. Not only have they killed the, uh, the working base, but they've killed the fan base, the grassroots fan base dead. You know, they have one show or two, you know, WWE comes to Calgary maybe once every 18 months. And if you're lucky, you got a few small walks. Yeah, but it's like that all over the damn world. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the grassroots, as I said before, is uh, about as threadbare as it's ever been. And uh, right now, they need to have a lot more uh, synergy. They need to be working together. And I don't, some of these indie promotions need to be working together with each other. They don't seem to. They seem like they all consider everyone to be a threat. Mm-hmm. So they're, you know, kind of not really doing much with each other. If they were, you know, they they could probably have a lot better um, results. But um, it's frustrating. I don't even know who hell, who the hell half of the indie promoters are. I just hear names and um, doesn't seem to be any communication. And sad thing about it is my dad told me back in the uh, 30s and whatever, he said wrestling was kind of like that with all the uh, indie promoters were not working together and screwing each other and double crossing and running opposition and all that crap. And that was the uh, genesis of the NWA when they finally formed it in the late forties. Cause all these promoters are getting kind of tired of everybody screwing everybody. So they kind of got together and, my dad said it was like the uh, scene in The Godfather with all the heads of the mafia family <laughs> and all these you know, cutthroats and stuff like that. But um, nonetheless, they kind of got together. And I think Vince Sr. and Tootsmont and I think that old fart Jim Barnett was around then and all those old names like uh, Tony Stecker and, you know, uh, some of those other old Jim Crockett's and all like that. But, you know it came together and they, they, uh, you know, had a hell of a long run. And then they started unfortunately fucking each other in the early eighties there, you know, WWE kind of, um, you know, kind of hit the bed or whatever you want to call it, you know, but I think it needs to, uh, they need to revisit some of the, uh, things that happened 60, 70 years ago. And, uh, you know, see how they can maybe reconstitute those things. Okay. Well, you know what? Uh, the last, when I was thinking of this week about tag teams, what we were going to talk about, things that, in my mind, and it was obvious that there's been a decline in the uh, the pre- presentation of tag teams and stuff over the last few years. So in my head, I wanted to really think, like, what, what, what did it? What, what was the event? Was there something that signaled the start of the decline of tag teams? And... So I thought about it a lot, and I'm going to throw this theory out there. You guys can disagree or agree, uh, but just hear me out for a second. 
I believe in my mind that the decline of tag teams really came when they paired Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage together for the simple reason is they took two guys who were super mega stars, put them together and it was obvious they weren't going to stay together, but together they were this team that everyone wanted to see these two singles guys, but they were also built to the eventual, they were going to turn on each other and they did. And then it became, and it, a didn't, no, and it became a, long either. Well, and here's the thing though, because it happened in the big, uh, you know, the Vince McMahon uh, age of controlling things, the money he came back from that was so incredible that I think he decided why have tag teams that we have to build and do stuff when we can just put big names together every now and then, make them the biggest team, have them destroy all the real teams for credibility, then break them up and we got money again. And it seems a pattern. If we look through WWE, how many times have we seen the main event of a tag team is not never really a tag team. It's always two guys who, were mega stars at the time or at that point put together so they'd eventually turn on each other and make another main event. And along the way, they destroyed all the real tag teams to build up whatever this is. So that, in my mind, is kind of the impetus of why tag teams were downgraded so much in the WWE. And I think that's why they've been kind of, that's been carried on to some promotions. Well, you're you're right so, in, a, in a way, but I mean, the tag teams in every era kind of had have had some luck because look at the attitude area. We had edge and mm -hmm. Christian. We had the Hardys. Mm -hmm. We had the Dudleys that put on amazing tag team matches, right? Right. They kind of revolutionized the, the industry for tag teams with those uh, TLC matches and stuff. So, I mean, there was, they had some luck with tag teams. It just depended uh, at the time and what they did with them. Right. Mm -hmm. So I kind of agree with you and kind of disagree. Mm -hmm. I think they're, they, they, they the eras have that space for tag teams to shine. And it just depends on how the, the promote. It's all like, well, I would just check that man. it's all the promoters and, and making the promoters believe that these guys are, you know, let's invest some time in these guys and let them tell their story. Because mm -hmm. if you let them tell their okay. story, it will get over with the fans. Okay. AJ, I think you made a good point there when you were talking about Savage and Hogan or whatever, there was no synergy there. There was no, it, you know, I've seen football teams where they've had a bunch of stars, but there was not any cohesive uh, synergy and they never went anywhere. And mm -hmm. WWE should have maybe learned from that, you know, because the tag teams that were over had some common denomination and they had some synergy and they interacted with each other effectively like the Bulldogs or like Hawk and Animal or, like some of those uh, brother tag teams, like Dory and Terry and some of that. But most of the tag teams like that in WWE, and it was like a one-shot uh, aberration and didn't uh, enhance anyone's perception of it. And having said that, I think WWE, uh, if they went back and went over some of the things that we've been talking about, I think they could perhaps... Uh, revive revitalize the tag team uh division or whatever but i don't really see it happening right now it seems like there's a lot of dysfunction and uh egocentricity and guys with their heads up their sphincters and shit like that <laughs> um i'm not confident that i'm going to see any kind of a renaissance anytime soon in the tag team division 
be nice to see because I think it'd be good for business, but it seems like it's uh, a very low ebb right now, and uh, maybe that's why we're having this show. But, it, it, you know, as I said before, I can't even think off the top of my head one tag team in either AEW or WWE that's really compelling right now where you're going, wow, those guys are, you know, you know, dynamic and charismatic and all like that. I, there's no common denomination with almost any of them. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the whole thing seems like it's kind of, uh, you know, on its way downhill, not not likely to come back anytime soon. Okay. Uh, AJ, I want to ask you, okay. Now, you, you've you been, you, you've seen uh, the state of tag team wrestling in WWE. Uh, right now we have AEW, and this is really funny because uh, we always comment, me and Andy, about how much more tag teams we keep seeing, tag team matches, sorry, that we keep seeing on AEW. But when Bruce asked me to start naming tag teams, I had a, was hard-pressed to actually name good tag teams that weren't just two guys thrown together or some kind of uh, gang put together or something like that. Do you think it's possible in, in this, this day and age that AEW can actually make uh, they they can make a thing out of tag team wrestling. I mean, yeah, they've got the Young Bucks and FTR, but can they make more out of this, do you think? Is it possible? Yeah, I think if they decide that that's where they want to put the, the focal point. Um, just going back a little bit on the to, to your your thing about the Hogan and Savage mm-hmm. team, um, I think they're – I think that – that was the story they chose to tell because at the end of the day, it was, it was building towards their match against each other. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, WWE's done that several times before with like, you know, Austin and triple H and mm-hmm. uh, Undertaker Dozens Kane, I guess, guys. if you want to say, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's like, that's the story they want to tell. And, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Unfortunately, it does seem like some of the, the legitimate tag teams that are stuck in the division, uh, do suffer sometimes uh, based on on those stories, and they're they're kind of put to the wayside. Um, but going back to your AEW thing, yeah, if that's if that's the focal point that they want to put on it, they I'm sure they can. Uh, you, you know, they will? like pri- private party beat the Young Bucks at one point in a tournament, and like, did it mean anything long term? No, no. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it has. Um, you know, uh, they can do anything that they they want to. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you at the end of the will. day, it's it's the wrestling business, and it's about making money. I think and... they they have, haven't they? Really, they're they've they've kind of brought the tag team division back. They're they're well, they're. I would say there's a lot of tag teams, tag teams, but I wouldn't say they brought the division back. It, it's they, they've got quantity over quality right yeah, now. A yeah, a lot of quantity yeah, and not a lot of quality, and that that itself it can be harmful in the long run. Uh, Matt. I'm going to ask you the start of this question here. That's probably the controversial one that uh, I wanted to ask everyone about. Okay. And that's concerned the tag team that either you're going to think they're a great tag team, or you're going to think that they're the worst thing to happen to tag team wrestling in a long time. <laughs> and I am talking about the young bucks. Let's talk about the young bucks. Okay. Um, now I'm going to preface by saying I have a hard time at times with some of their matches because they don't make a lot of sense in the end. But at the same time, I got to say that I haven't seen for a long time two guys so in sync with each other that in my mind, they really do exemplify what a tag team should be or could be. How do you see, do you see the Young Bucks revolutionizing tag team wrestling within AEW? Or do you think what they do is just a little bit much over the top? I don't think it's, I don't think it's much. You got to look at where they came from and what made them popular. 
Mm-hmm. Wrestling, especially right now, is crazy because it's it's all over the place. But you know, at the at the heart of it, it is is general entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. But they came from a niche audience. Mm-hmm. That's where they got hot. They got hot in a niche audience. Mm-hmm. And with wrestling, you can have groups of guys that like technical wrestling, uh, high flying, uh, shoot style, uh, fast pace, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know, at the end of the day, it's all wrestling. But that's what brought them to the table. Mm-hmm. And they were able to make a lot of money and attention with that. And that was great for them. Mm-hmm. They have adapted that. And now they are on national television each week. And I think that they are doing a good job at bringing it to where it needs to be. They're, they're having solid matches with everybody they're in. And, and they're, they're smart workers too, because mm-hmm. they can go out and do uh, the matches like they did in new Japan and ring of honor and boom, 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 whatever. And, and that's going to make that audience happy that night. But they also understand that they're on national TV each week and they're presenting tag team wrestling and they need to be able to work with just about everybody. And they're doing a pretty good job at that. So I think that they're doing a solid uh, a job with tag team wrestling in general. I think mm-hmm. they put a lot more attention back on tag team wrestling and they don't get a lot of credit for that. Mm-hmm. Do I like uh personally some of the matches that they've done in the past some of the craziness no i'm more of a foundational uh tag team psychology based wrestling guy right but i appreciate what they brought to the table and the attention that they brought back to tag team wrestling because that has put more money in my pocket (laughs) and you know just because they do certain uh moves or, or lay it out not exactly how i would do it or how i like it doesn't mean it can't benefit the business in some way fashion or form it's just not my cup of tea, but they're doing a great job with it. And I think that um, they've gotten a lot smarter over the years. Uh, we haven't got to wrestle them yet, but I hope we get too soon. And I, I think, uh, I think that could be fun too, but I, th- I think they're great guys and I think they're good business guys. They've made more money in the past couple of years uh, through independent wrestling and mm-hmm. merchandise than anybody. They've revolutionized merchandise for Christ's sake. Yes, they have. Well, you let's know, face uh, it. There was one year where they were out, their wrestling t-shirts were outselling WWE, any of their t-shirts, yeah. and they didn't have a, a national company to push it. Yeah. And it Actually, was because of and it was because of WWE shit that they did to them that they made <laughs> money off of them. So yeah, good good for them. Well, so they might not be everybody's cup of tea, <laughs> like I was saying, but for. For wrestling in general, for tag team wrestling, it's 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 been good. It's been a positive uh, thing, and they get people talking. So mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm buddies with Cornette, and and he had that you know feud pretty much. Yeah, you can't stand a lot of stuff that they do, but it gets people talking, and that gets people interested in everybody. Uh, so like with Cornette, you know, um, mm-hmm. the, they bicker back and forth online or say yeah. opinions, whatever. It draws everybody's interest up. Their merchandise goes up. Cornette's merchandise goes up. It's a work. It, it's it's business. It, <laughs> yeah. It's a work. It's a work. If you, know <laughs> to, if you know how to market and if you know how to draw money, uh, you you can make it work. And, and and they get it. And a lot of guys don't. So. And just because because we're friendly hosts here, we promise we will not put on our banner. Matt Sigmund says <laughs> Jim Cornette is only work. No, no, just kidding. We would never do that. Uh, Chief. Weigh in on the Young Bucks, man. You've seen these guys. You've seen some of their stuff. How do you yeah. feel about their style of wrestling and what they do? Mostly in New Japan because I, I really don't see AEW that much. But um, okay. yeah, they're 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 not uh, the kind of wrestling that I like. But of course, you know, I'm from a different mm-hmm. generation. 
but but like he said, he said something that kind of reminds me of what what Kevin Sullivan always says. Good, you know, like good wrestling show should be kind of like the circus. You got a little something for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, like here's the acrobats. If you don't like that, we have the elephants for you. If you don't like that, we have the lion tamers. If you don't like that, we have the clowns. You know, so I think a good show has a better spot for them in the business because obviously they have a niche that likes them. And if you have a bunch of different things on a show, you're going to bring people from all these different niches. You're going to have bigger crowds and it, draw, it draws attention to it. So um, there's a lot of things that I like that other people don't like, other people like that I don't like. So I, I kind of, um, everything's subjective, mm-hmm. you know, just like music. So I yep. definitely they made a lot of money. So you can't argue with that. Uh, mm-hmm. there, there are a lot of people that like to watch what they do. Okay. Duke, you want to re- you want to weigh in on these guys at all? I think really Chief summed up kind of how I feel. I mean, you know, I don't um, – I wouldn't cross the street to see Celine Dion, but I'd never say she's not talented. Um, mm-hmm. You know, or the Bucks, my style of wrestling, not necessarily. Um, the other thing I would say to the Bucks, I don't know, if they look like they worked out once, that'd be cool. Um, <laughs> you know, otherwise, can't take anything away from a guy that's putting a buck in the tip. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You may yeah. not like their approach. You may not like their psychology. Um, that's not for everybody, especially some of us older school minds. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, hey, I'm pretty sure, you know, if Elvis was kicking around when Metallica broke, how big of a fan would he have been? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just, somebody kind of made it. I don't know who made this quote, but it was basically like, each generation will scorn the, the generation next and its music. And it's, mm-hmm. it translates perfectly to wrestling. You know okay. what I mean? Like, well, back in my day, wrestling was so much better because of the psychology. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, agree or disagree, they're they're making a lot of money doing it, quote unquote, the wrong way in some people's eyes. They, okay. One other thing too is, you know, they've been people who, if you think it or not, um, they've been behind a lot of the jobs guys are getting. The tag team wrestlers, they're mm-hmm. they're letting guys get jobs and they're helping. Talent, especially during a crazy pandemic year, like yeah, this, yeah, put food on the table, and so they're they're reaching out and they're giving guys the opportunities, and yes. so that alone, you know, says a lot about them too, in my book. So, and they are one of the biggest and most decorated tag teams of our generation as well. Like, come on, guys, can you say biggest? Sorry, uh, we were talking size. Go on. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> just kidding. But like you said, if they worked out, it'd be great, right? But you know what? <laughs> They've done their part for our industry, and they are a decorated tag team uh, all over the world. They've won titles, so it's saying something, right? Okay. You know what? It's funny. It's You would hear stories all the time of, uh, you know, friends and colleagues and stuff like that getting signed to WWE, and, and when you get to WWE – uh, they're they're going to tell you how the wrestling and the moves mean nothing uh, or very little or whatever. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's about getting over. And uh, man, those guys have gotten over and they're making money. So that's it. Whatever you you say, whatever you want about their style, about about their work, uh, mm-hmm. is it choreographed? Sometimes, sure. Uh, and again, may not be your cup of tea. But man, mm-hmm. it's the wrestling business. It's about getting over and making money. So, I guess. The- the reason I brought this up was, you know, like uh, a couple of weeks ago, we did a thing about holds and finishes, you know, and we talked about, you know, the importance of uh, the psychology of working things and stuff. And 
you know what? I, I just, I love exciting wrestling and I love lots of crazy things going around, but you know, sometimes it does when I see somebody, you know, take 20 super kicks to the head and then he still gets up each and every time it makes me really think, well, wrestling can't be that real. <laughs> you know what I mean? As a casual fan, I would think, well, I guess a super kick means shit, right? If you can take 20 of them before you go down, well, why are you wasting your time super kicking? Just punch him in the dick, you know? So well, it's stuff like that always. The Sorry? minute you see a team like the Young Bucks mm-hmm. wrestling at the elite level they are, you've already suspended belief. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to take what you have to be tough to be wrestling, mm-hmm. but I would shake those guys around like a wet fucking face cloth, and I'm nothing. Right? So that to be, we're suspending belief anyway. Yeah. Where does that end? Yes, that's right? another let question. Go, let, let it fly. I mean, short of, you know, I mean, there's a limit to where you insult people's intelligence when you're asking them to suspend belief. But that's what this business is about. Push the envelope, see what you can do. If the crowd accepts it, great. If they don't, try something else next week. Right. And I guess my line is always the line I tell Andy, uh, is the line of, if I bring a friend in and we turn on television, am I embarrassed by what they we're seeing? Like, do I have to look over and explain what the hell's going on they're watching? Or I could sit there and go, isn't this cool? And they might go, oh, it's different, but yeah. So that's where my line is, I guess. <laughs> Even in the, the 70s and 80s and, and 90s, mm-hmm. whatever is your favorite time yep. period of wrestling. There was shitty wrestling. Oh, yeah, there was shitty wrestling. It doesn't matter what you were watching. At some yeah. point on that card, there was terrible wrestling. And you just you have to take that for what it is, and then appreciate yeah. the quality. So okay. well, like, go back to like go like back to go back said, twenty. Guys, like Chief said, right? It's a circus. We got to give them a little bit of everything, man, yeah. and send everybody yeah. home happy. Well, not only that, from some of the stuff I've heard, I've kind of heard Dynamite took some shit over the style he wrestled. You know what I mean? Some <laughs> of the older boys didn't really care for how fast he moved or the amount of spots he did. But what are you going to say to Dynamite? They'll smack you in the mouth anyway. That's right. <laughs> well, go back twenty, go back twenty-five years when when Austin was on top and the business was super hot, and he was punching guys fifteen times in a row. <laughs> We're going to talk about suspending yeah. disbelief and believability. Yeah, let me punch anybody in the face fifteen times in a row and, <laughs> and see how it turns out. Even, even uh, they're they're not getting up, AJ. <laughs> even looking at dynamite, though. But that's uh, what we were. That's what we were saying too on that last show. Mm-hmm. Is that. It's up to the promoters and these writers to start making these moves that these guys do make goddamn Me, sense. Yeah. And when it's a finishing move, fuck, make it a finishing move, man. Don't. But that's, don't use but that's it part of the problem, though, is it's that. writers. It's not wrestlers. Yeah. It's not, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You're not getting the old school guys. You're getting the writers for the comedy shows and everything else exactly, that, that yeah. don't know that. Just like yeah. characters, like back in the day, we created our own character. So it was an extension of you. You have more passion for it now. You know, when WWE does, they tell somebody what their character is going to be. And they want script. you to act yeah. or an actor. You're not going to be as passionate. It's not going to be as believable. Back yeah. in the day, we go out there, you know, what you said, you know, they gave you bullet points, but it came out of your mouth and your words. So you believe what you were saying. Yeah. And so did the crowd. Now they're acting. You know, they're saying what somebody else is, is telling them to say. And, and I think that's a big part of the problem in the business, too. All right, Matt, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I, I've got to head out, uh, but I just want to thank you guys for letting me come on. I hope you guys have a great rest of your night. This has been a fun talk. And, and Excellent. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Matt. Thanks a lot, Matt. Thanks, Take Matt. Care. Take care, brother. It's like elimination match. We'll go down to the <laughs> <laughs> Seven days later, there's only three guys left to the bag of chips. Anyway. Yeah. So – 
as we're seeing, you know, tag team wrestling, it's obviously something dear to a lot of us. I mean, I, I there's so many memories I have of great wrestling was tag team wrestling. And there's parts of it, you know, we talk about such little things as wearing uh, something both that shows you your one thing, wrestling together, brothers who match off each other. And we all hope that uh, even a company like AEW can build tag team wrestling to something it can be. Now, uh, I just want to go around, first of all, and I was thinking about it. We've been putting out all these old tag teams that we used to like. Can any of us think of tag teams right now that you think, if just given a real good chance or a good look at could make a real difference. And I'm going to go around in my circle. So it's not unfair right now. I have chief as the first one chief any from any level, from anywhere that a current tag team, you think if given a chance, a good hard look at, or given a bit of a break could really make a difference in a tag team division. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't, I just don't, um, I don't see that many regular tag teams these days. You know? okay. You, you just right. see so many pairings where it's two guys thrown together. They don't even do a lot, a lot of double team moves. It's just they each get in there. It's like two singles matches. Um, I wish I would have thought more about this ahead of time. I'm sure there's probably somebody out there, but nobody just pops to the top of my head right now. Okay. Yeah, right. You're talking probably more on the indie level, right? Not the yeah, teams. You can talk even in the top teams. Though. You, even you can say, hey, FTR hasn't been given a real chance. Who who do you think is a tag oh, yeah, team? Definitely they're, they're, they're a good team, but I think um, – AEW is using them right now, right? So, not very well, but yeah, using them. <laughs> All right, uh, Dirty Duke Durango, give me a tag team out there that, uh, on any level, that you think should get a chance, get a look at. You know, I would like to see. Um, I don't know if you know who Flex Appeal are, Michael Allen, Richard Clark, and um, Bobby Sharp, Mike McSugar. Oh no! I, oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. Those two guys are. Even on their own, they're two of the most entertaining workers I've ever seen. Never mind, even as green as grass, those guys are were one of the, one of the most entertaining teams. Um, mm-hmm. so I think if those guys had an opportunity to, you know, work 200, 250 nights a year for a couple of years, really give them a platform, I honestly think those two could be something. They could be a really, really big tag team. They're they're two of the most creative, most entertaining guys I've ever seen in the ring. They're they're absolutely dynamite. All right, Otto. Uh, Ring of Honor's the Briscoe Brothers. Oh yeah, they're they've I'd not really, been given a big I'd enough. Really look. like to see them actually get an opportunity, either in NXT, WWE, or uh, AEW. I think they, mm-hmm. you know, they're an older tag team that's been around. I think for probably ten years or more with oh, Ring of 15, yeah, 15 or twenty years. Yeah, yeah. so I, I, I'd really like to see them get a chance to do something mm-hmm. uh, at a big level because I think they could uh, they could do some really good stuff chief you broke up there when you were trying to say something yeah i had actually forgotten about them I, I don't know why that didn't happen five years ago or more you know it's it's kind of weird i don't know maybe it's their well, choice the wwe yeah, said they I'm don't yeah, no the wwe said the, the wwe said that they uh were uh, aesthetically unpleasing so would not never sign them but they were as really yes and, that was the dog rex and whatever <laughs> apparently like like, when they on. went for their tryout they were told they were well, unesthetically unesthetically unappeasing that's to, really to too w- bad because they're they're uh, they're a great they're tag terrific team they're terrific aj yeah. sanchez uh it's tough man because i think it, it just even though AEW is pushing tag team wrestling and that idea i think the ceiling is just uh not as high as, as a singles, as a singles yeah. guy. Uh, I mean, I'd go FTR just based on, you know, they're, they're, they've got a bit of 
something for everyone. I think, you know, they, <laughs> they can be, you know, classified as an homage to the brain busters. Uh, you know, they've got Tully in their corner. So they give that little, that old school feel, um, you know, they're two old school guys, but they're, they're still doing fast pace tag team spotty wrestling in that aspect too. So it's not as slow as it was say back in, in the eighties and stuff like that. So um, I would say those guys, they can both talk, you know what I mean? They, they look good. Uh, but again, I don't, there's not, I don't think there's a tag team um, that could be pushed, you know, anything like any singles wrestler could in, in any particular company. I think there, I think the ceiling is just, there's a ceiling okay. there and then that's it. But there are, but for what the scene there is, you, you could see FTR with the right kind of, I would say team. that. Yeah. I mean, like they, they're clearly a tag team. Uh, you know what I mean? They work like a tag team. Uh, so, I love AEW personally, but man, yeah. some of those teams there need a lot of work. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and Best friends. It's, it's, <laughs> it's almost frustrating sometimes <laughs> to watch some of the, the, the stuff you see on TV. And I know a lot of the guys there and I've worked with a yeah. lot of guys that are there. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, it's tough to watch sometimes, but you know, as far as like legitimacy, a legitimate mm-hmm. tag team guys that you know are on the same page. Yeah. FTR is probably, probably okay. the guys. Now, Bruce, what I dare ask you, is there any team that you've seen recently that you think if things could just be scripted better, promoted better, that a, ta- a team out there that you currently see floating around that those I guys don't let do him, I don't let him watch TV. He's here training, so he doesn't get to watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that right, Bruce? You know, I think for want of a better term, they, they need to uh, go back to square one and uh, reestablish um, – a little bit of legitimacy and, uh, you know, there needs to be a so-called method to the madness, which there isn't right now. It's more like figuratively flinging excrement against the wall and hoping something will stick, you know, and more often than not, it doesn't, but it stinks, you know? So (laughs) I think they need to, uh, you know, go back to, you know, re, you know, redefining what the hell tag team is pretty simple, actually. Get some heels who know how to uh, kind of get heat and uh, some faces who know how to sell and make comebacks with fire and basic stuff, you know. And if they do that, and um, as I said before, they need to uh, realize that a good tag team takes 20, 30 minutes. So can't have these five-minute tag teams and you know, expect it to uh, go anywhere. And so a big part of it's the uh, people that are running mm-hmm. these promotions, whether it's AEW, uh, WWE, or even these indie promotions, they uh, they don't seem to be pushing tag teams. They, they don't have little or no common denominator. This guy, he's got black and red trunk all that other stuff, you know, so you need to kind of uh, modify some of the basics and you need to understand it a bit yourself if you're going to be modifying it. So some of those people need to maybe, uh, you know, revisit what what tag teams are supposed to be and the basic formula for them. And if they do, I think maybe there is some chance of it uh, becoming a useful, viable component of the whole wrestling spectrum again. Okay. Uh, Raven, tag team you think um, needs a look at in any there's division? A couple, there's a couple. Um, I'm going to go right straight Indies, back to grassroots okay. here. Pacific Northwest here. Um, 
there's um, uh, two young gentlemen. Uh, the tag team is called Four Minutes of Heat. And okay. these guys are like just straight tag team. And they just, they get the, the whole psychology. They get everything about tag team wrestling. And, you know, they have the same... You can tell they're huge Rock and Roll Express fans because, you know, they got the same kind of gimmick happening. Um, but they have a lot of fire and they're just entertaining. Um, also up here, there's the Voros twins. Um, they mm-hmm. are legitimate twins. Um, uh, they have a lot of energy. They do need, you know, a little bit of work still. But if they could find somebody that could, you know, just teach them, guide them, and they give actually, them that little bit more of a push. I think they actually came and they they work for RCW, one of the promotions we work with here out of Calgary. And the Veros twins are very, very good. But like uh, Dirty Dick said, you know, they got to get in the goddamn gym and make themselves look like wrestlers. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, they're very tall and thin. But I think if, you know, if they had the right tutelage, like the right people to help guide them along, you know, they just, they have that symmetry together. And then, of course, I'm going to push my daughters, the Hall sisters. (laughs) Um, um, because they're they're just you know they have the whole gimmick thing together with being legitimate sisters but you have like um one thing i really like with tag team wrestling and not just because it's the hall sisters they're different you know like liza's a really technical wrestler and bambi's got more of the flash and the fans you know she reacts more with the fans and stuff and it just i like it so those are my favorites yeah. Thank you very much. That's what I was trying to get at. <laughs> I agree with Raven on uh, Four Minutes of Heat, actually. I forgot about them. Debashi and I went to a Rumble on the Rugby California, and we had an excellent match with Four Minutes yeah. of Heat. Excellent. They're, they're good guys, too. They're really yeah. good kids. They listen to what's being told to them, and they always, you know, at least the locker rooms I've been in with them, they've gone to the vets and asked, you know, what did you think of this? How could I, you know? They're just good guys. They listen, yeah. and they're just a great tag team. Okay. Yeah, they were. They they get all aspects. They they get the entertainment in. They get the in ring stuff. Um, they work the crowd. Yeah, it's all around. They're easy to work with. Excellent. Excellent. Andy. Uh, I'm going to take the best of what AJ said and the best kind of the ideology of what Bruce said. And I would put that together as my answer. I, I still, I would go with FTR just because, uh, being in AEW kind of being in that spotlight position and, you know, that's kind of the, 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 the thought process, kind of the part of the gimmick, uh, you know, they, they pretty much, they match your criteria talking about a tag team you know they, they dress like a tag team they look like a tag team <laughs> the chemistry is there as a tag team they have Tully um, I think you know what AJ mentioned they still kind of you know work a quicker style I think that's still you know kind of taking some of the old school and taking in some of the 2020 style and kind of mixing it because you know we talk about trying to take teams back into like the 70s and the 80s I don't know that just doing that itself will work in society but i think if you you know we talk about the hybrids and i think if you kind of take a lot of the you know a lot of the ideology that that bruce is talking about about the foundations of psychology of tag team wrestling and storytelling and you get the right you know you said okay well if they're given the right platform well if they're given the right platform and you know as much as we're talking about the young bucks not going to argue with their success not going to argue the fact they make money uh like pretty much i think the majority here not my cup of tea so because of their style i don't know it's great they're drawing attention but for what they're doing i don't know that they're necessarily saying that the right uh, the right attention for, for ftr you know you want to find somebody that's 
that similar old school no. style to tell that story versus, oh, well, we have this hot tag team that sells a lot of merch and draws a lot of attention. Yeah, but we're talking about trying to bring back, you know, more steak and, and a little less sizzle. Then, mm-hmm. you know, we need to bring a second helping of steak, not just, you know, oh, here, we're going to try and throw some sizzle and make it this. Okay. But well, we have a we have a fight breaking out in a monitor down below me. I see. Yeah, I was just going to say Bruce is having his own wrestling match. <laughs> um, I'm going to throw out a tag team because when I was trying to think about a tag team that I think would uh, maybe that you guys haven't seen but could see, uh, I watch a lot of New Japan, and there's not a lot of uh, in New Japan. What's funny is they have a tag team division, and there's not really a lot of teams in there, but there is one team that's consistently in there, and they are, I think, a great team who. I think are exactly bitter right now about not wanting to fa- come into North America to wrestle. And that's the gorillas of destiny. I don't know if you've seen these two brothers, but these guys are an incredible tag team, uh, Tonga Loa and Tama Tonga, who uh, Tama Tonga wrestled in the WWE as Camacho. I think his name was. Yep. And uh, Tonga Loa has not wrestled in the WWE, but these two guys are an incredible team. They're brothers. Uh, Smash they have, mouth. Yeah. They have one of them is one of them is just like, Sorry, Chief, you're breaking up again. Aren't they Haku's sons? Yes, they're also yeah. Haku's sons. Uh, one of them is a tiny bit smaller and tends to do a lot of the flash attack. The other one is a quite bigger and does uh, all the power moves. They're such a great team. They are also, you can look them up. There's lots of stuff for them to see. And they're, they're a team I think they would be great if a company was going to push tag teams. I don't think they'll ever, they, they won't leave New Japan, man. They're I don't think so. Good, they're making such good money there. It's not even funny. Yeah, and like I said, I know Tongalo has been very critical about companies in North America, and Tonga Tonga, Tonga did not like his WWE experience, so no. and I, I, think I doubt if we'll just, ever see them. They both just signed with New Japan last year for some big contracts. So Yeah, so you know what, guys? This was really fun talking all the different kinds of tag team stuff. Uh, before we let you go, I'm going to go around and let everybody uh, throw out their social media and push anything that you want to push, okay? So we'll start off with uh, Otto. Otto, get out hey, your... Uh, well, uh, we are the Alberta Wrestling Academy. My head coach down at the bottom there, Bruce Hart. Uh, we're training the next generation of professional wrestling stars. It's the Alberta Wrestling Academy at Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. And our uh, website is thealbertawrestlingacademy.com. Check us out. All right. Uh, Dirty Duke Durango. Oh, man, retired life treating me, treating me well. Nothing really to promote. Uh, no hate mail? Do you want some hate, fan hate mail? I have or? some stupid <laughs> rants on uh, at, at Duke Durango on Twitter. Okay. Uh, you know, that's about it, man. I plan on, you know, when PWA comes back uh, <laughs> after all this COVID stuff's over. Plan on getting down, seeing a few shows because I'm. Uh, I got to admit, doing these podcasts has kind of reignited my fever. Bruce and I um, had a phone call here not too long ago, and uh, yeah, I might come down and see Auto's Wrestling Academy if I can ever squeeze a couple couple days off work here. Excellent, excellent, Chief. Anytime you want to do a seminar, Duke, you let me know, brother. We'll do. All right, Chief Atacula. That's at the Chief Out on Twitter, and of course, I got two Facebook pages: Rod Atacula Kula and Chief Atacula Kula. And then I'm also Chief Out of Kula Kula on Instagram. Excellent. AJ Sanchez. Uh, on the Twitter machine, at Crusher AJ. Instagram, at Crusher AJ. Facebook, AJ Sanchez LaRock. And uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Canadian Crusher. I've got some merchandise on up there. Excellent. Bruce, do you have anything you want to throw out there for social media? 
I just like to say that I, I think there's an old saying, United, we stand divided, we fall. I'd like to see all these different components, ourselves included, interacting with each other, benefiting from each other's knowledge, strengths, whatever. And um, I'd like to advocate to the WWE and some of these, you know, start working with these uh, indie promotions. You know, the chain is only as strong as its weakest link. And right now there's a lot of weak links in the chain. You know, everybody should be working together. There's plenty for everybody. And uh, let's raise the bar and uh, start working together and, uh, you know, uh, make wrestling what it used to be. And uh, hopefully it'll kind of have a renaissance you know, be a lot stronger because of some of our initiatives. So I appreciate you guys coming on and I empathize and agree with a lot of the things you've said. And uh, I think we need more, you know, people expressing these views and uh, more people taking some affirmative actions. Excellent. Thank you, Bruce. Uh, Raven, any social media you want to throw out? Uh, Facebook is Raven Lake. Uh, for Twitter and Instagram, it's RVN Lake. All right. Andy, you want to tell about people about the T-shirts we have available at the Pro WPOV Network? All right. Well, for T-shirts, uh, prowrestlingtees.com backslash WPOV Network, is it? Or just WPOV Wrestling. Just WPOV Wrestling. Uh, we've got four different shirts, uh, $19.99. U.S. dollars. Uh, the holiday season is quickly uh, getting 25 upon us. Canadian. <laughs> Don't just, let them know that. Just go and buy the T-shirts. Uh, you know, it, it supports what we do here. Uh, you know, it's helping to drive some some stuff we got going forward. Um, as for myself, uh, you can catch me here on the WPOV network uh, on quarantine, like these shows here, as well as WPOV Global, where we look at. Uh, you know, we have a. a we touch on uh, some of the things about in the wrestling world, but it's predominantly kind of AEW focused. Uh, on the Twitter machine, you can get me at Andy wow. Anderson PWA, and on Instagram, I'm that guy TCB two four seven. That's the letters I M T H A T G U Y TCB two four seven. And there's me reliving my glory days of wrestling and uh, lots of exercise stuff where I'm picking things up and putting them down. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Elio, tell the people where they can write in to contact us here. Yes, they can write to us on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram Wrestling POV One, and Twitter at Wrestling POV. And that's right, folks. Andy did mention that it's quarantine. Every Tuesday, you'll find us all on all on Zoom here talking our quarantine topics. You can also find us on Fridays for WPOV Global talking AEW. On Saturdays, our sister show, WPOV Wrestling, hosted by Tony Diaz and Rick Serrano III, and sometimes featuring Miguel Cole, they cover all the in and outs of WWE Wrestling. And after every big pay-per-view, whether it be AEW or WWE, we do Aftermath, where some iteration of us get together and talk right after the show what we thought about the program we just saw. You can find all those on the network you're watching, but there's a lot of other networks too, including Facebook, don't look at me like that. <laughs> YouTube, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, iPod. Uh, what else is there? TuneIn, iPod. Podbean. Ah, I almost forgot Podbean. There so, folks, go. 
check us out. We really, uh, I want to thank each one of you guys here. This was a really fun uh, time talking uh, some stuff. It's it's almost, uh, times like this, it almost feels like we're in the same room, just uh, battling each other uh, for attention to get us. It was a big show today, a lot of people, but you know what? I appreciate each and every one of you. And folks, look forward to the shows we have coming up. We have some great topics and some great guests coming on, and we'll see you soon. And all I can say is keep clean, wash your hands, wear your mask, and hey, let's try and make wrestling great again.